Welcome to the War Report Podcast. Uh, this episode is called the Tech Marionette. Tech Marionette. Now, for those who don't know, that's a puppet show. In this episode, we're going to discuss how big tech is being controlled by government. Several instances, by the way. We're going to discuss the, the repercussions of that. You know, more corporate tracking. And we're even going to discuss the pushback on our facial recognition software. So we got we got a lot of topics to get into, man. And uh, this, this this one, man, <laughs> like as these documents come out and we learn more and more about the collusion between government and tech, man, it's just, listen, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but it is doom and gloom. Man. <laughs> like tech is, they are bowing slowly to, to government. You know, when 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 these tech companies first started, you know, they championed themselves over free speech and safe spaces and a lot of nonsense as we see today. You know, they don't care about anything but money and the ability to keep making that money. And instead of, you know, going up against government, you know, they're just bowing so they can continue to you know, line their pockets. So we gonna we gonna get into a lot of you know, collusion between the government and and big tech companies. You know, even the CDC. Like it's 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 going to be a hell of a one. But before we get into it, before we get into it, we got you know let's let's talk about what a marionette is. A marionette is a puppet controlled from above using wires or strings, depending on its variations. And that is exactly how we have been getting our news and our information in the past, you know, two years, you know, COVID exposed a lot of things. And as these documents come out because of COVID, it exposed how close government have been working to get their narrative out, you know? So, you know, it feels because you don't know it's the government's narrative. It feels like it's just a natural thing happening and people is tweeting and I'm seeing all over the place, but what you don't know is there's a reason you see in the same narratives because the tech companies is hiding other narratives on purpose at the direction of government. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. You know, it says revealed. These documents show collusion between the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, and Big Tech, right? So a number of documents described as the tip of the iceberg has been made public, like revealing communications between private tech giants and the U.S. administration bodies aimed at closely coordinating censorship of COVID topics on social media. You know, this was announced on uh, Wednesday, Right. There's a there's a group called America First Legal. You know, it's a nonprofit and it it obtained these documents thanks to a lawsuit they filed. Like I said in previous episodes, you know, like lawsuits is how we going to get this information. Like all of the recent information we've been getting is from the hands of lawsuits being filed. So this lawsuit was filed against the CDC. You know, the legal action came after a failed attempt you know, of trying to get this this info from the Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request, you know, 
<clears throat> and it shows the, the levels of involvement the White House has been in censoring, censoring these narratives, right? So, uh, you know, the communications are interpreted as provided yet another piece of evidence of coordination or even close collusion between U.S. authorities and Google, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. So the, the, the big three tech companies are working directly with the White House. And that is how they are disseminating their narratives. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a coincidence. Now we have the evidence to prove it's not a coincidence. You know, the, the, the White House is fully directing the narrative on COVID and a lot of other issues actually too. So, (laughs) you know, this was a conspiracy two years ago. Two years ago, you hear people saying, oh, the government is telling you this, government is telling you that. And you're like, no, this is is Twitter. Twitter's not the government. This is Facebook. This is Google. This is YouTube. When in, in reality, the government was literally literally meeting with them and directing them on what to say which is come on that, that that's that's terrible for your freedom of speech that's terrible for freedom and that's that's not that's not that's not how democracy is supposed to work you know what i'm saying but we are past those days uh the afl was surprised uh <clears throat> sorry the afl was spurred to action after jen paskey at the White House, the press secretary, uh, last July declared that the administration was regularly making sure to inform social networks about what it identifies as a narrative dangerous to the public. And this is is one of the quotes. It says, and we work to engage with them to better understand the enforcement of social media platform policies. This is what the White House secretary said. They said, uh, the emails that have now finally been released show that the CDC maintained regular communications with the three biggest social media platforms starting on December 2020. Yeah, so December, you know, right before COVID, 2020. Well, not right before, but when it was started making its, making its rounds, you know. And for uh, at least another six months, these exchanges reveal what working with Google and others look like. It went as far as flagging posts by social sites users as examples of what need to be censored. So the government literally flagged like they, they, they gave examples of posts they don't want to see. So the US government <laughs> and this and the CDC literally went on social media seen narratives they didn't like and then sent those to the social media sites and said block this person flag this person you know what i mean like ban this account literally this is from their own emails like it's it's crazy it says ad money was also a building block in this unusual and secretive form of close cooperation uh, that could eventually bring into question the status of big tech corporations as private entities not bound by the First Amendment. So in April of last year, Facebook, hear me clear, Facebook gave the CDC 
$15 million worth of ad credits as a gift to be used to spread the agency's message on vaccines, social distancing, travel, and other COVID restrictions. So Facebook literally gave the CDC $15 million in ad credits to just go go crazy. Whatever you say goes. <laughs> Listen, in other emails, Twitter employees are arranging regular chats with the CDC, while the agency at one point in the spring of last year warned Facebook that its algorithms are not doing a good job because along with vaccine misinformation, they also were getting rid of some posts by public health institutions. (laughs) Now you have to understand, like, this is not, social media is not supposed to be, you know, the government's microphone. You know what I'm saying? It's not supposed to be their soapbox. You know what I'm saying? And if the government is telling all the social media sites, private businesses, remember, this is these are not government-run businesses. These are private businesses. So if government is telling private businesses on who to censor and, and who to flag and don't say this and don't say that, it's like, what is a democracy? <laughs> Once again, this is a marionette. Big tech is a marionette you know what i'm saying like they are controlled by the government and we're seeing how exactly exactly how the government works with them this is through a lawsuit so we wouldn't have never this would have never made the light of day if you know watchdog groups and and you know they didn't sue them and the reason they sued them is because remember we should be able to do a, a freedom of information act request right that's part of our Law, like that's part, that's part of what we can do, right? The the CDC was denying giving the documents over. <laughs> so when people did their legal right of a Freedom of Information Act, right? CDC, remember we paid CDC. It's a it's, it's 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 not a private entity. It's publicly funded. This is why we should be able to do a Freedom of Information Act because we should be able to see what these companies are doing that we pay for us we pay them they don't produce money <laughs> you know what i'm saying so the cdc even though we pay them wouldn't give over the information which is your right so they were sued and now we're seeing why they were they was hesitant to give that information over because they are subverting free speech essentially it's it's it it goes on. It says, yet the official showed up at the oh, hold on, let me, let me back up a little bit. Let me back up a little bit. Like this is this is crazy. And all the links to all of these documents is in the descriptions, by the way. It says an an interesting detail concerning a high-ranking CDC official appeared at Google's trusted media summit in 2020, right? but not allowing organizers to post their address on YouTube because they were not authorized to speak publicly. So this is a high-ranking member of the CDC went to Google Summit, right? <laughs> you know, which, which there wasn't, like, what is that? What are they doing there? And they didn't want people to know they, they went. That's what's the key. They didn't want people to know they went. 
It says, yet the official showed up at the event, which was supposed to gather journalists, fact checkers, researchers and educators as per the organizers. So that's who's supposed to show up. But the CDC showed up. Uh, instructions and information was flowing both ways with the CDC sending Twitter a chart, a chart of posts that it flagged as misinformation and arranging uh, what it calls, quote unquote, be on the lookout meetings taking place on a regular basis while Twitter would ask the CDC for help in weeding out said misinformation. So the CDC would go to Twitter with a chart. Like, listen, people are saying these things. We need these things wiped from existence, wiped off Twitter. Right. And they would do this regularly. And they called these meetings a be on the lookout meeting. (laughs) CDC literally telling Twitter what to get rid of and what not to get rid of and who to flag and who like this is this is insane. It says, at the same time, the agency was forwarding Facebook links to specific posts that needed to be flagged. Now, this is the CDC. This is third party fact checkers. None of that. The, the CDC was sending Facebook posts that it saw. Like, Yo, flag this post. Flag this. Ban this person. <laughs> it says, Google was asked to use search to promote CDC's vaccine page, as well as what it calls Signal Boost, a World Health Organization program. This is according to the emails. The CDC, hear me clear, was able to directly edit Google's knowledge base code, among other points of collaboration. Now, why is the CDC editing Google's code so that only its information can show up, not others. This is truly disgusting. And this isn't, this isn't, this isn't free speech. This isn't, this isn't people having ideas. This isn't people talking things out. You know, remember this, this isn't the only way they could have handled these situations that they think situations. You know, if you think someone's uh, doing misinformation to the point where people are listening to them and things like that, you can combat that misinformation. You can correct the person. You can meet with them themselves and explain things. But no, no, no. They just started on a campaign of flagging people. So in 2020 till today, you may have thought, you may have thought like, yo, damn, man. I wrote this and they flagged this post. And it's like, what you may not know is that could be literally someone from the White House or someone from the CDC literally flagging your posts. Like it's, this is bombshell information that <laughs> that's being exposed through, through suing them because they wouldn't give this information up through the Freedom Information Act. Remember, these are... This is on company time. This is company actions. We should be able to see what they're doing, right? Freedom of Information Act. But they didn't want that. So we had to sue them. And this is where we're at now. Like, this is... (laughs) 
this is crazy. This is crazy. Now, here's the thing. You know, people say, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, what have you. And that's, there's truth to that. Power do corrupt. Because I, I, I'll read your mind. I'll read your mind right now. You're probably thinking like, well, listen, maybe that's okay. Maybe it's okay if the CDC is flagging what it thinks is misinformation. Maybe, maybe a government agency flagging what it doesn't like. Maybe that's okay, right? Maybe, maybe they did what needed to be done to save lives, right? Even though we don't know what it deemed misinformation really, but maybe that's okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to show you how it goes far. It goes far further than that, right? Right? So currently we're going into a recession, Currently, we're going into recession. And here's the thing. The government don't want that narrative out. Even though we're all in it, we all see it. And by all definition, we're going into a recession, right? We all can, we all can tell that, right? You, me, everyone. But what the, what the government has been doing... The, specifically the Biden administration, they've been contacting tech companies and essentially forcing them to change what the definition of a recession is so that they can say we're not going into a recession, that we're not in a recession. Like, this is where we're at now. This isn't uh, CDC misinformation. No, this is them straight trying to make their lies the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's it's crazy. They're trying to they're trying to change recession as misinformation. Meaning you, you listening, if you mention recession, your post might be flagged for misinformation. Even though it is blatantly clear we're going into a recession and by all definition we are in a recession. But let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. It says Instagram and Facebook posts rejecting the Biden administration's new definition of recession has been flagged as false information. <laughs> now, the standard definition of recession is a negative GDP, like gross domestic, uh, domestic product, negative GDP growth and two consecutive fiscal quarters, right? So for all of history, that has been the determining factor to say, if we are in a recession, we are receding, we have negative, right? However, in an attempt, in an attempt to deny that the U.S. has entered a recession, the White House published an online article with a new definition of recession. <laughs> it says, uh, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. 
this is what this is a quote. This is what the White House said. So the white listen, the, the real definition was literally negative GDP growth in two consecutive fiscal quarters. Right. That was the regular definition. But the White House, they say, well, both the official determinations of recession and economists assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look. (laughs) They called what was the regular definition a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production incomes. They go on to say, uh, based on the data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. This is this is what you call lying, direct lying. Like what they just said is in direct opposition of what we know to be true. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to, like, see it for what it is, you know? So, this post, you know, this is what they posted, the White House. This post has been criticized on social media and, uh, you know, Facebook. Platforms are flagging the criticism as false information. So, if you, like, <laughs> they said a lie. We know it's a lie because we have definitions, right? And instead of, you know coming clean for the lie, they contacted Facebook to flag anyone who says anything that talks about how they just lied. (laughs) Listen, uh, listen, this is is hilarious. Uh, Instagram personality Graham Allen posted a video where he asked Siri for the definition of recession. And the iPhone assistant defined it as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth growth like like we a hundred percent know that that is the definition of a recession but uh not according to the white house (laughs) now we just showed how the cdc contacted all three tech giants you know to, to to change the narrative and flag anyone who went against that narrative and now we're seeing the White House do the same thing. But this ain't about anything medical. This is about something we all know. We can, we are in it. This is something that is defined. This has a definition. A definition you can still look up right now. (laughs) They clearly are lying. And somehow, somehow, it's being flagged. (laughs) This is... This is truly disgusting. This is truly disgusting. You know, and this this go, this kind of goes into the uh, the sly fact checking tactics that lead to social media censorship. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that is something that's been happening. It's been happening, and you know, our generation we see it. You know, I'm a little older, you know. We see it, but you have to understand, like the younger generation. They're not going to understand. They're not going to understand. They're going to be led by fact checkers and this and that. Not understanding that, hey, who chose those fact checkers? Are you sure they're correct? Is it a narrative from the White House or someone else? They're not going to understand that. 
You know what I mean? They, you know, they just know authority said it, and that's that. This is a problem we're having, right? To, to go on to the to, the fact checking, because that's that's an important thing we need to talk about. Yo, know, it says <clears throat> online fact checking is presented as a process where objective, unbiased fact checkers assess the truthfulness of content. And endure and ensure, sorry, that viewers are made aware of any falsehoods. So that is what a fact checker is supposed to be and do, right? What is not supposed to be and do is the White House literally talking to these check these, these tech giants and telling them to flag anything that goes against their current narrative, right? It says this idealistic vision is used to justify the mass censorship power fact checking partners have on big tech platforms. For example, is an example, Facebook. If these fact checking partners flag a post as false, it gets hidden behind a warning label and its viewership drops by get this. 95 percent 90 it's damn near 100 you know what I'm saying like just understand that if your post becomes flagged by some flat fact checker it's hidden and no one's gonna see it that's that's a key thing right there no one's gonna see it viewership dropped by 95 percent so now understand, let's put these together, right? So if the fucking White House or the CDC or some other government entity is telling Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of them what to directly censor, that is literally, you know, censorship of another level. Like that is the White House making sure no one goes against their narrative that's dangerous you know the u.s is always you know talking about china and russia and these places and talking about how the government censors everything and it's like you do realize that's what's happening here with just extra steps they just hide behind tech giants so you don't feel the wrath you don't feel the pinch the sting that they are censoring you but as these documents come out we're finding they are actually the ones censoring you (laughs) and this is why you wonder it's like why have facebook never been you know held on any type of standard really like they lay they can go wild you know what i'm saying it's because they are working directly with government for all the lip service that Congress may give Facebook or Twitter or what have you, we're seeing we're seeing that in actuality they're working directly with administrations. That's why they feel so comfortable. That's why Zuckerberg felt so comfortable, <laughs> you know, being brought in front of Congress and not saying anything. Is because, as we find out, this same time, the same time frame. He's working directly with the U.S. 
government, the, the White House administration. Like, of course, of course, he doesn't feel like he has to answer any goddamn questions. It's because he knows it's all a show. It's all a show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, like, and this is why we said once again, this is why this is, you know, the big tech is a marionette. It's a marionette. It's all a show, clearly. And we're finding out more and more and more. Listen, speaking about this recession thing, like this, <laughs> this is how crazy it is, right? Wikipedia is being accused of working to edit the definition of recession, recession to favor the White House's sudden dismissal of the commonly used definition. Like, do you understand? <laughs> do you understand how far they're willing to go now? This is all to hide that we're in a recession. Instead of, instead of doing what everyone knows needs to be done, and holding all of these billionaires and these corporations for all this money laundering they're doing, essentially, and distributing those funds to save the economy, right? We all know they can do that and they should be doing that. No, instead, as we go into a recession, they just try to change the meaning of the definition so they can say we're not in a recession. When we're all clearly feeling the recession, we're feeling it. We see it. You are in it. It's happened already. <laughs> but, but, but Wikipedia, right? <laughs> Look at it. Wikipedia editors have been accused of trying to change the page definition to the term recession 41 times in the last week, right? The definition of the term has been a hot topic since the White House published this post, this we're talking about, that suggested the U.S. is not in a recession despite the negative growth in the economy in the past two fiscal quarters, which is the measure that has been used in the past forever, right? So now, because the backlash, Wikipedia has now locked the post so that no one can correct it. <laughs> but here's the thing. People, people took screenshots. So according to screenshots, Wikipedia's page on recession was edited about 41 times by several editors. I mean, this is the, the, now the Daily Wire reported this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> one editor said, there's no global consensus on a definition of the term following the multiple multiple revisions <laughs> and administrator block edits because of repeated unsourced or poorly sourced content like come on man now <laughs> we know this is the white house it's not a coincidence it happened at the exact same time like, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. <laughs> like, this is what it has come to. Now, you, now you may not like Wikipedia. You may say, oh, Wikipedia is not, you know, you may say Wikipedia is not the thing people use and whatever the case may be. But in reality, you know, hundreds of millions of people use Wikipedia to find a definition of things, especially the younger the generation you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and by young i'm talking 20 25 young that type of young you know so that is like editing changing definitions on there vastly vastly changes people's opinion on things because that is unfortunately where they go to find out and the white house knows this <laughs> the white house knows this so they uh they sent their people to try to change it and this is this is this is uh this is this is the marionette that that is tech right now you know like we, this is what this is how this is what we're gonna have to combat in the future and today like it's it's crazy it's crazy man like the amount of censorship that's happening it's it's almost hard to keep up with <laughs> and it's funny they don't change it unless there's backlash so we have to this is why it's important to have these discussions and and push narratives that we know to be true and to really get the people involved don't let these things slide because they only change when there's a backlash and I'll give a I'll give a good good example this is recently right so twitter backtracks on censorship of the epoch times after complaints right so <laughs> this is reason so on the tw- on July 28th which just happened twitter decided to block all content from the epoch times right the epoch times it's a, it's a news outlet that was founded fu- founded in 2000 by chinese americans who opposed the chinese government essentially uh, the censorship has been <laughs> it has been talked about and complained about by at least two two U.S. Uh, senators, right? So when a user would click any link from the Epoch Times, they get redirected to a page titled "Warning: This link may be unsafe." This is what Twitter did to anything linked to that website. Any link, any, you got to understand that that's not of a special narrative or what an article said. Any link to the website, you get a, you get redirected to a warning site that says this link may be unsafe. And it says the link you are trying to access have been identified by Twitter or or our partners hmm, as being potentially spammy or unsafe. That's what the warning reads. It says that the link could fall into one of four categories. Malicious links that could steal personal information or harm electronic devices. Right? Spammy links that mislead people or disrupt their experience. Violent or misleading content that could lead to real world harm or content that if posted directly on Twitter are a violation of Twitter rules. This is what this is what it says. <laughs> it says a user has to click on click on continue at the bottom of the page to proceed to the Epoch Times page they clicked on. So this is this is crazy. <laughs> so uh, Senator Ron Johnson said uh, this is alarming. Twitter is censoring Epoch Times under the guise of unsafe speech remember what happened last time 
corporate media and big tech tried to censor an investigation of Hunter Biden corruption. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Another senator says uh, Twitter is blocking all links to the Epoch Times, including a story about a human trafficking survivor and labeling them as spammy or unsafe. Twitter must explain itself for this outrageous act of censorship. Right. Like, and this is this is what happened. So this is some, you know, obviously this is recent. It was the 28th. And they backtracked. So after, you know, people, massive people complained, they backtracked and uncensored it. So what, now it's not spammy? Right? Just think about what, just think about the backtrack. Think about what that's saying. You know what I mean? Like, so what are you admitting? Are you admitting you were lying? Is it unspammy? It's not spammy no more? It's not unsafe anymore? Then what gave you the idea that it was safe in the first place? Right? Maybe your partners? Maybe the U.S. government? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is... I just wanted to bring that out because it's another example of how they're, they're, they're working together. You know? And because of all this, right? Excuse me. Because of all this coming out, you know, Twitter said, okay, we, we want to be a little more transparent, right? So we'll show you what we've been doing. Right? That seems that seems fine. So let's see what let's see what they have to say. It says Twitter announces record high government orders to hand over info on users. <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, between July and December last year, the number of legal demands from government targeting journalists that Twitter received increased substantially. Right. According to this report by the company themselves. And by the way, I put the link in the description right, so you can read the report yourself. There was an 103 percent increase and the number of legal demands targeting verified journalists, right? The platform received 47,572 demands targeting 198,931 accounts. Now, 11,000 of those uh, demands were made by governments (laughs) with 20% coming from the U.S. government. Let's think about that real quick. <laughs> it's a, it is what Twitter's saying. This is the, what they're saying. Who knows? It says, we continue to see a concerning trend towards attempt to limit global press freedom with an increase in government legal demands targeting journalists, as well as an overall increasing number of legal demands on accounts. Both represent record high since reporting began. This is what the report says. Like, this is... (laughs) This is concerning, right? This is the platform received 11,500 requests. 11,500 requests for information on accounts during that same period, which was a 7% decrease from the first half of 2021. Most of these requests for information made by governments were made by the U.S. government. 
Now let's let's do a little bit of let's listen. This is gonna be crazy. It says Twitter reported that it opposed twenty nine requests. <laughs> Just like <laughs> from the from the U.S. government, but it complied with sixty nine percent of those requests. Just think about just think about that, right? So out of the eleven thousand five hundred requests, Twitter opposed twenty nine percent. I mean twenty nine requests, right? But comply with sixty nine percent, like meaning they oppose out of all those all those thousands, right? They said no to twenty nine people. But then out of those twenty nine people, after they said no. They complied 69% of those requests. That's damn near all. Like, understand, understand, like, the government is obviously working with Twitter, Google, Facebook, all of that, YouTube, right? And we've shown in just this episode how they've been censoring people. But they've also been gathering information from these social networks on journalists think about that like the people who are telling you the things that they're doing the things the government is doing they've been collecting data on these people right and uh i don't know about you but i don't really i don't really trust the government targeting journalists (laughs) do you do you trust the government targeting targeting journalists i don't and let me give you a story. Let me give you a story of what happens when journalists are targeted, right? Now, this is uh, Guatemala, right? So, Guatemala, another government, you know what I'm saying? The U.S. is not as far from them. Remember, just understand that. It can happen to you, too. So, in Guatemala, they detained a renowned journalist on money laundering and blackmail allegations, Right? It says Guatemalan authorities arrested a well-known local journalist on accusations, accusations of money laundering and blackmail, according to the prosecutor in charge of the case. A move that has sparked outrage among human rights activists. So uh, one of them, one of these activists, uh, Jose Rubin, is an outspoken government critic. He was detained Friday night. This is by the. Uh, this was uh, told by the special prosecutor's office of impunity. You know, on social media, so they announced that he was de- detained after police raided his home earlier. Now, speaking from a cell in a video posted to Twitter on Saturday by the journalist for the local newspapers, right? <laughs> he said he was beginning a hunger strike. And a show of reject- rejection to his prosecution, right? An attorney for him didn't respond to a request for comment. Now, this guy, he's age 65, by the way. He founded a newspaper uh, in 1996, an outlet famous for investigations that have revealed several cases of government corruption. Like this is (laughs) like, it's a clear frame job by the the government that he was critiquing 
You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly, they're, they're targeting him. And, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I just want to show you, like, how governments are known to target journalists. And, and then they'll, they'll just find something to pin on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how they do it. So it should be concerning that the U.S. government, through social media, have been targeting journalists. You know what I'm saying? As we put this whole message together, as we look at the whole picture of what we've been discussing, you know, of this marionette between government and big tech, we see a damning picture being formed, right? Of government censoring, you know, dissent. They're censoring people who disagree with them and then targeting, you know, journalists, people who are willing to do the work to expose them, right? So they're targeting the journalists who will tell you about what they're doing and then they're censoring anyone who got that information from the journalists on social media. You know, it's... This isn't the country that you thought it was. Like, this type of behavior doesn't sound like it's from the U.S., but it is. And more and more, we have to understand that's exactly what's happening right now. So, listen, with that, we're going to take a quick, brief break, and then we'll be back with the War Report. We're back from the brief break. I had to pay the bills. But uh, listen, uh, I've noticed that, uh, especially in the last few episodes, everyone seems to like a little pushback, a little, little hope, a little glimmer of hope in this uh, doom and gloom. <clears throat> so uh, we're gonna do, what we're going to do is talk about uh, some of the pushback that's happening you know, some 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 ways we can protect ourselves. So we're gonna talk about Tim Horton, right? So Tim Horton's uh, fast food chain, what have you. Uh, earlier this year, they got caught spying on people, right? So their app was tracking people if they went <laughs> to uh, home. And if they went to any of the competitors' stores, like, you know, like Starbucks and shit like that. You know what I mean? So there was a class action lawsuit about this crazy invasive tracking they're doing. And uh, the people won. The people won the, the lawsuit. And it just shows how, one, we, we got to start legally striking these goddamn companies. And two, you know, there's power in the people. The people have power. It's power in numbers. You know, that's the only way we can get any of this done to push back is together. So let's let's get let's get right into it. Uh, a settlement in a class action lawsuit in Canada. The Canadian coffee giant Tim Hortons will offer <laughs> ridiculous will offer a free hot beverage 
in a baked good as an apology for the tracking location of users of its apps, right? So in June, regulators said that the data collection was a violation of the law. Tin Hortons clearly crossed the line by amassing a huge amount of highly sensitive information about its customers, following people's movements every few minutes of the day. Think about that. Every few minutes of every day was clearly inappropriate. (laughs) It was an inappropriate form of surveillance. This case, once again, highlights the harmful and ridiculous measure that these corporations are willing to go through. You know, the harms that can result from, you know, they say poorly designed technologies, but it was on purpose. And this is the reason we need strong privacy laws to protect the rights of citizens. In their case, Canadians. Right? So, uh, they were, (laughs) Tim Hortons was interviewed, you know, at least a representative. They said, we're pleased to have reached a proposed settlement subject to court approval in the four class action lawsuits in Quebec, British Columbia, and Ontario involving the Tim Hortons app. As part of the proposed settlement agreement, eligible app users will receive free hot beverage and a free baked good. <laughs> All parties agree. This is a fair settlement, and we look forward to the Superior Court of Quebec's decision on a proposal. We are confident that the pending Quebec court court's approval of the settlement, uh, the courts in British Columbia and Ontario, Ontario will uh, recognize the settlement. This is the coffee giant sent an email to all affected users saying, saying this, you are receiving this email in connection with the proposed settlement subject to court approval of the national class action lawsuit involved in Tim Hortons app and the collection of geolocation data between April 1st, 2019 and September 30th, 2020. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, <laughs> it says, uh, according to the email, the hot beverage will be worth $6.19. And the baked good we were two dollars and thirty cents. <laughs> Can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe this? But you know, at least, at least this shows a pushback. You know, what I mean? it's a pretty ridiculous and disgusting thing to monitor people every couple minutes of every single day. That's disgusting. This is a this is a this is a coffee company. Do you understand? This is a coffee company doing this. So if they could do this, yeah, it's a government's dream. But it's good to know the people fought back, got together, did a class action lawsuit, and won. And hopefully, you know, things like this will lead to, you know, better privacy laws. But I doubt it. But it still shows the power of the people. Like, the people have power. I mean, people are the real power. And you got to understand that. And we got to start fighting back. We got to start fighting back. You know, a few episodes ago, 
we discussed how the facial recognition software has gotten so good, right, that it can recognize your face even with a mask on. Even if you have a mask on, you know, N95, all that bullshit, it can still tell who you are. It's enough points of data. So, uh, people have been working on ways to disrupt the facial recognition technology. And it's pretty interesting. I think it's very important, right? So, uh... (laughs) We're going to get into it. Those developing and deploying facial recognition systems have been generally pleased on how things have been going these past few years, including the Orwellian ability to identify people even when they're wearing face masks, something widely mandated during the pandemic. Although the tech had a rocky start, uh, unable in many cases to successfully distinguished faces with a mask on, there has been a steady and rapid increase in the accuracy of these, of these systems. And they would like to keep it that way. You know, be able to force people to wear masks and yet identify them using biometric data points in order to make sure that deep learning-based facial recognition is performing as expected. Well, a group of researchers have put it to the test and a, a bunch of experiments. Now, they published a research paper, and uh, i link that in the description. So if you want to check that out, you can check that out. Detailing the experiments and uh, how the proposed ad- <laughs> adversarial mass has fared against state-of-the-art facial recognition using CCTV and having the adversarial pattern printed on fabric and paper face masks, the researchers were able to comprehensively defeat facial recognition that they said was uh, based on a wide range of architectures and data sets. In in one of the scenarios, right, the facial recognition identified only 3.34% of pattern mask wearers. Whereas those wearing other types of masks were identified at least 83%. So it it dropped 80%, right? The key in successfully blocking facial recognition attempts at matching seems to be what the Ben Gurion University uh, and Tel Aviv University in Israel, researchers have called carefully crafted gradient-based printed patterns. At the same time, wearing a face mask is no longer in any way unusual, so potential adversaries can use them to escape detection. Now, the purpose of the research is to single out weak points in the current facial recognition software and improve them, since it's taken for granted that mask wearing is here to stay for a long time, and that identifying people by means of facial recognition will only increase. (laughs) <laughs> wow, this is, this, is, this is crazy. Like three methods of training facial recognition now depend on the entire face uh, are proposed as ways to match two images even if one is showing a masked face. Uh, now, they're trying to find a way to even beat this. But uh, at the moment, you can have what they call adversarial mask. Right. And it kind of looks like someone printed, you know, 
a weird kind of face on the on the mask, right? So, like where your eyes are, right? Because the mask goes up to your nose. Like right below that on the mask, it will be like a pattern that's kind of like eyes, but not quite, and a pattern that's kind of like a nose, but not quite, to confuse it, right? So it can't actually measure which one is eyes, which one is nose, and actually start gathering data points on your face. It would be like someone having four eyes and, uh, you know, a nose that's not human. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and the shading is off, so they can't quite measure what it is. Now, if we are going to push back, right, we got to stay ahead of what we know they're going to do. Right. So if you. If you are in the streets, like in 20 in the 2020 protests for any reason, any type of revolt, you know, obviously you want to wear a mask so they don't actually know who you are. But as we as we've read, they've been working to make sure that doesn't matter. Right. So currently, even if you wear a mask, they can still tell who you are. So now you have to wear a mask that has patterns that offset your face what they're calling an adversarial pattern but really a pattern that makes it where your face isn't a complete face you know what i'm saying things that break up your face it would be like how you know predators have like you know like tigers have stripes to break up their their pattern in the jungle with shading so you can't tell that's a tiger right there you know a, a somewhat camouflage, a somewhat camouflage of a, a facial recognition software. Like these are measures that now we have to think about and understand. You know what I mean? So that you can't be, it can't be used against you later. You know what I'm saying? You thinking, I'm going to just go to a protest and it's the right thing to do. And, you know, protesting our freedoms. Well, guess what? Do you have your phone on you during your protest? Because if you have it, they can tell who you are, where you've been the whole day, who you've spoken to. <laughs> they can start to map out the entire protest, the timeline of it. And then from there, they can go into your social media, see who the event planners are. How, how is this information being disseminated? Like, you know, these are things we have to understand. You know, so, you know, that along with, you know, your facial recognition. Listen, you, you protested one day, but after that day is over, they're going to get you. You know what I'm saying? So we have to we have to be smart. We have to play somewhat dirty. There are new rules and you have to understand the game that you are in. A mask is not enough. You got to have an adversarial mask, a mask that, you know, messes up the shape of your face. Maybe even the mask has printed someone else's bottom half of their face on the mask. You understand? So that it could be picked up, but they won't be able to tell who the person is because the top half is your face and the bottom half is someone else's face. Things of that nature. <laughs> Listen, you might have to buy a burner phone. You know, some sort of flip phone that don't they don't connect to the Internet or nothing. 
It just calls one number or two numbers or, you know what I'm saying? That you call when you, if you need help. If not, you could blast that phone. You could break that phone. And that's that. You know? Like, these are the measures you have to start taking because they are using this thing against you. They're using your ego against you. You protesting, you taking selfies and you're, you're live streaming. That seems cool. People will know that you are active, but they're not the only people that would know. You understand? Like, maybe you need to not live stream, not post pictures. Do what needs to be done and get out of there. Because they're going to treat you like a criminal. Your freedoms is a crime to the people who are trying to take them away from you. Who's trying to keep them from you. Who's trying to steal them from you. Be smart, people. You know. As we've shown, this whole social media thing, these tech giants, it's all a marionette. And government is definitely pulling the strings. You have to be smart. You have to understand it's a different war. It's a different war that you're in. And you're in it. There is no... There's no way out right now. There's no not being in it. There is no, you're in it already. It has started. It doesn't stop for you. You can't stick your head in the sand. You either have to get active or you're losing. That's that. Listen, the War Report podcast is by the people, for the people, and of the people. You guys stay safe out there. And that has been the War Report. I'll see y'all next time.